This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Thanks so much for being here with me, Maureen McGrath, registered nurse, nurse continence advisor, and sexual health educator. You can email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. That's nursetalk at hotmail.com. In confidence, of course, uh, you can call me, 1-877-399-9898, or you can text me, 604-449-8459, 449-8459. And thanks for your emails and your texts. I, I thoroughly enjoy them and I do read them and uh, and I try to answer every single one of them. So if I didn't, just remind me, send me another one. Did you get this? I'm not ignoring you. Or, or I may not have been able to hear your voice message. Uh, sometimes people talk really quickly or, or whatever. Uh, so on this hour, we're going to be talking about sex after baby. And I have an email to read um, for you from you. Thank you so much. And osteoporosis, we're going to get into a little medical stuff here. We've been talking a lot about relational stuff and, and heady stuff. So medical stuff. And, and also to those who want to go to bed early and listen later on iTunes, uh, it's a free download. So don't forget to, to subscribe. I'll prescribe, you subscribe. And um, I one time I gave a talk to this organization called Probus, and it was literally 300 men who had retired. And so I said to them, uh, have any of you heard my show? And they're like, no, not one person in the entire room had. And I said, for crying out loud, I put it on at eight o'clock. What time are you going to bed? They were all like, oh, it's too late for us. They're in bed really early. So if you should be staying up, that's great. Thank you. Uh, Sometimes it's good to stay up and sometimes it's good to go to bed early. Sleep is critical to a healthy life. Um, also swimming is good. Apparently there's a study out that shows, and as you know, I'm a swimmer. I have my new wetsuit coming this week, um, and wet feet and hands as well. Um, and apparently it leads to decades of a longer life. So, um, which is a good thing. And of course it's good for flexibility and it's good for exercise. You got to get your heart rate up there. Um, and you know, it's a feel good thing. If you do it with other people, it's social. So that's great as well. And there's no reason, no matter how cold it gets, wherever you are, there's no reason you can't dip in the water, a lake, the ocean, (laughs) just put a wetsuit on, just order one on Amazon. You should be fine. Um, try and get that thing on. It's not the ease. That's the hard part. That's an additional workout is getting that thing off afterward and you've got nothing on underneath. And so it's really tough. We want to, you know, you don't want to be exposing yourself on the beach. Um, also did I mentioned we're going to talk about sex after baby and also tapping into your inner lover, using passion as a way to self-improvement. And these women, some of the women that I met at the conference this weekend, you know, they, they were down on themselves. They were feeling badly. If you were listening before, if you weren't listening before, uh, or if you weren't listening to the first hour, at the end of it, I talked about a woman who was going through a divorce and she was heartbroken and, and she felt, you know, because her husband had blamed her and he resented her and he was mean to her and he raged on her and she felt there was something wrong with her and she still wanted this guy back. Anyway, go figure. Sister, my truth. Anyhow, um, you know, so it, instead of looking at, hey, you know, the problem is at me. And, and sometimes women in particular do this. They put such a big focus on the man in their life and the man's career and supporting the man. And, you know, because the men are the, are the breadwinners and, you know, and we exalt men in, in many ways and we admire them and put them on, on pedestals. And, 
And so we're always, you know, supporting them and, and trying to uh, people please, you know, uh, them. And it's all about them. And and so sometimes people can forget about themselves and they maybe aren't uh, self-actualized. Maybe they have not reached their potential because they focus so much on it. And that's really what tapping into your inner lover is about in a great show right now that is about kind of about tapping into your inner lover because tapping into your inner lover is about fantasy and imagination and creativity and so there's this program on Netflix right now it's called Offspring and the character is Nina and I don't want to go into it too much she's an OBGYN she's got anxiety and you know she's a nervous wreck but she's a competent person she's got a crush on a hot doc and and so you see how she goes through fantasy and imagination and creativity uh, to actually uh, it help her with her own anxiety and and help her to actually be a better daughter and a better doctor and you know and yet she is competent but you know what we can all we can all improve and and she has great fashion sense I have to say that and her use of color is phenomenal and I'm now wearing scarves like she has and I'm wearing my hair (laughs) the way she wears her hair (laughs) so she has influence on I'm totally shallow in case you haven't figured that out by now also going to be talking about below the belt issues for women incontinence is a big problem let me tell you leakage of urine is never normal. There are nurse continence advisors across Canada. Nurse continence advisors have special certification. They went to McMaster University because it's the only university in the country that actually has the program. And uh, it's like a year and a half long program focused exclusively on bladder health, leakage of urine, bowel issues, um, frequency of how, you know, um, if you have urgency or overactive bladder or frequency or neurogenic bladder, uh, lots of medical conditions come with concomitant leakage or bladder health issues. Um, you know, if you have a spinal cord injury, you can have upper motor neuron uh, uh, effects to your bladder or lower motor neuron damage that causes problems for your bladder. You can have a floppy bladder. You can have an overdistended bladder. You can have a bladder that contracts all the time. You can have a bladder that doesn't contract. Um, so you can have sphincter issues. You can have mid-urethral weakness as a result of having a vaginal delivery. Many women leak urine after babies after having a vaginal delivery or decreased estrogen receptors in the urogenital tract at perimenopause and menopause can also lead to this. And so there are so many, and I got a text from somebody on my little number, 604-449-8459, and she said, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I'm leaking urine. Is there anything that I can do? And there is so much you can do. And so I'm going to be talking about some of those things that you can do and also including um, things you can do for painful sex, which is often related to the birth control pill or pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. Um, and also there's a condition called genitourinary syndrome of menopause or GSM. And that's because it affects your vagina, your urethra, your bladder health, and the estrogen receptors decrease in that area down there. Um, you know, at those different times in a woman's life, upwards of 70 to 80% of women are affected. Only 5% are treated. There's treatments in the form of personal moisturizers. No, it's not lubricants. Lubricants are for sex. They're a Band-Aid. It's not going to actually treat the condition. It might make it 
sex less painful um, in the moment at that time, but you actually want to treat it. You want to treat it with a personal moisturizer. I recommend Fem, um, P-H-E-M-M-E. It's, it just, it's got all the right stuff. It has the right ingredients. It has the right plunger. It um, has the right price. It is you know healthy for you. So that's what I recommend for my patients. You'll see I zone in on one thing, like you know my favorite... Um, which was a big hit at the All About Me conference, was, was the womanizer. Because it's like, you know what? It's all about me. And sex is for you ladies. And that's my message for 2018 and 2019. I might as well go into that. I'm so surprised at how many women are like, yeah, when you said sex is for me, I was like so surprised at that. Like they didn't, they weren't taught about pleasure. They weren't taught that sex is for them. You don't have to have a partner to, you know, engage in sex. You can have a womanizer um, available on my website, backtothebedroom.ca. For those who've turned their back on the bedroom, those who want to get back to the bedroom and those who want to have a little bit more fun in the bedroom. But it's really important that you self-explore, take time to yourself, with yourself. If you're not in a relationship now, it's good to, you know, stay on it. Um, um, because you can learn what you enjoy, what uh, feels good for you, so you can communicate that to your partner. And a lot of people are just like, you know, they ask me, like, how can I improve my sex life? And like, I can give you a thousand different tips. And, you know, but what may work for one person may not work for another person. So take what works for you. You know, the red lace uh, lingerie, I mean, that is just so yesterday. <laughs> so don't buy that, guys, okay? Every woman has a large supply of that. And, women may not feel comfortable in that. So beautiful lingerie is important. Uh, I'm going a little bit off on a tangent because I want to get to vulvodynia, which is a painful sex condition. And I want to talk a little bit about that and and about an article that I read on Twitter that kind of makes a little bit of sense to me how electromagnotherapy, which we now have for leakage of urine in the form of the Kegel throne, that may actually benefit women who have a condition, which is a pain condition, uh, a sexual pain condition, where there's no obvious um, redness or marks or anything or damage uh, to the vulva, but they may have a particular uh, pain in that area and they can have pain with inserting a tampon or with penetrative sex. And so it's a very poorly understood condition. A lot of women are told that it's in their head, just drink some wine and relax and you should be fine. And a lot of women do need a glass of wine to relax and be completely vulnerable for um, in pleasurable sex. But, you know, many women don't. Uh, and so, you know, people are, you know, often go to seven or eight different practitioners before they are diagnosed with this. Even the diagnosis can invoke pain in women. There's a number of different treatments that are tried all around. Um, you know, but there, you got to look at also what causes the dryness. And so is the person on the pill? Is that the same time that they started having sex? Did, did they receive messages um, on sex education that sex was dirty or they're going to get, you know, fear mongering, they're going to get an STI. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. And then, you know, 22 reasons, if I get through all of them, why younger guys fall for older women. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I want to talk about a very important health subject, bone health. Not boner health, bone health. (laughs) 
Anyway, I know where your minds are going. Uh, it is critical to happier aging, and it is, you know, we talk about good bones, but you think about houses, you know, or aging houses when, when we're talking about that. Osteoporosis is the silent thief. It literally steals bone without any symptoms occurring for many, many years, and that means that the diagnosis can be delayed. I was talking to a woman in my clinical practice, and she said that, you know, she came and she said that she has osteoporosis. She's in her 50s. Uh, the doctor wanted to prescribe hormone therapy for her. She didn't want to. She decided not to. She, um, you know, she was afraid. Of course, there's a, you know, estrogen gets a bad name, but you know what? She's at great risk of uh, fracturing, uh, you know, a hip, a knee, um, you know, and, and, um, and, and elbow, and she's actually a runner. And so she was actually going to reconsider after, after we spoke, um, because she also has the, she has that, um, body type, which, um, is a small frame and a thin woman is the classic body type, but it's not just women who get osteoporosis, not just one in three women, one in five men will suffer from an osteoporotic fracture during their lifetime. And as I said, the spine, the wrist, the shoulder, and that's going to immobilize you. And that's going to really impact your life negatively. And it's going to impact your sex life too, uh, because this is a health and, and sex show. So there's a number of things you can do. Nutrition is critical. Exercise is critical. The other thing that can happen is you can lose height when you have. So if you notice that you're losing height, I would say go and speak to your doctor. It may be osteoporosis. Osteopenia comes first, and that's a, kind of an initial thinning of the bones. Um, and and then you can also get a hunch back. You see people who are hunched over a bit as they age, and the first thing that you know ought to come to mind is osteoporosis. For women, menopause results in that loss of estrogen, and menopause is a natural part of aging, very well known, that is a natural part of aging, treated incredibly well by the doctors that I work with, and, and many doctors um, as well. Some do focus in on it, so you may want to go to a women's health specialist like Dr. Anjali Mohotra. She's over at Olive Fertility Clinic. Um, if you live in the Vancouver area, there's, um, you know, Magnus Murphy is a, also a uh, an OBGYN. He's in Calgary. And uh, so he's a, a great physician. He deals with all, he's a fantastic, deals with a lot of women's health issues, and in particular menopause. And so I have to say the doctors of this country, the OBGYNs do a phenomenal jobs and many general uh, practitioners do a phenomenal job in managing the symptoms associated with menopause. It's not a disease. It's a natural transition in life. It's something that you can't control, but you can manage. And what uh, women should do or what doctors do is they actually treat the symptoms. They treat the symptoms uh, of menopause. And so I hear so many women, and I, hear so, I heard so many women this weekend say they had special tests, special lab tests that they paid $300 for to get their hormones. One woman actually told me, no, no word of a lie, she said that she had a baby late in life, and she, so she was 43 when she had her baby, and now she's, uh, the, the child is now five years old, so she's 48. And if you can believe this, people come up to her. This the two. This is two part. If you can believe both of this, that women come up to her and ask her if she's the grandmother, number one. And so that has caused her. This is how low we feel about ourselves. This is how much somebody can take you down in an instant, in a question. And so she 
feels that she doesn't want to look older. And so she went to her doctor for to get hormone therapy. She actually didn't go to her doctor. What she did was she went to a naturopath, which is not a doctor. Because initially she said to me, I went to the doctor and I got hormones. And I'm like, hormones for aging, for looking younger? I mean, it doesn't work. That's not going to work. Don't you, do you have any symptoms? And then as I probe further, she's like, oh, well, it's bioidentical and, you know, it's compounded and all. She's going to get unreliable dosing. You're not necessarily certain uh, that what you're getting. Uh, she did then tell me she had some night sweats and hot flashes, but what prompted her was that some, you know, some schoolyard mom, you know what those important moms at the schools were like, um, you know, thought she was uh, a grandmother. You know, there's so many other things that you can do to make yourself look younger than um, going on hormone therapy, for example. Hormone therapy is good for night flashes, hot sweats, uh, bone pain, joint pain, uh, heart palpitations, anxiety, sleep issues. But it's certainly not going to make you look any younger. But losing weight will. Eating a healthy diet will. Swimming, obviously, will. Also, so a healthy diet. Calcium plays a role in the prevention of osteoporosis, and it may slow bone loss, which is beneficial. Protein builds and repairs your bones, so you want to have a diet rich in protein. That's beneficial. Um, and so you want to have... Um, but, but this our diet is quite high in meats and eggs and poultry in, in North America and dairy, and that can lead to high levels of acid in the blood, and that can rob your bones of calcium. So you need to add the fruits and the vegetables, which are rich in potassium and magnesium, and that will neutralize the acid. So also exercise, 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 weight bear, do resistance training, and do flexibility things. So stretching and yoga, weightlifting, walking, hiking, dancing even. And so there are some other medications. I mentioned the hormones and there are biphosphonates. They may slow the bone loss process. So you want to make sure you get this treated because you don't want it um, to actually impact your life. So I want to move on to another email that I got. Hi, Maureen. I'm a mother of four under one, uh, four under four, one set of twins. I'm still breastfeeding. My nine-month-old, um, I'm still breastfeeding my nine-month-old. I have no sexual desire, even though I love my husband and I'm attracted to him. I actually can't believe he even wants to have sex with me, but he does. The worst part of this is that when I do have sex with my husband, duty sex, as you say, Maureen, <laughs> he asks me what I want. And all I'm thinking is I want you to shut up and get away from me and leave my breasts alone. <laughs> Will this ever change? This is a true email. So I'm going to address that when I come back. And I'm also going to get to your inner lover because that's a very important aspect. Uh, to have and hold and behold in your relationship. And, and you know what? Some people might think it's cheating, but it's in no way cheating. My goodness, it is empowering. So you want to get in touch, aside from touching yourself, you want to get in touch with your inner lover. And you might be surprised who those inner lovers can be. And you know what? It may be somebody that you were married to in the past, or it may be somebody that you've never met before. But nonetheless, they can invoke great feelings and make you feel better about yourself. And who doesn't want that? I am Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back here to the final half hour. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, I did uh, read just before the break, I read an email up from a woman who said that uh, she basically didn't feel like having sex. She had four kids under the age of four. She was breastfeeding one and she didn't want her husband touching her breasts. And, you know, that's that's normal. Uh, you will want sex again with your husband, but sometimes you can feel like you're touched out uh, because you've got a kids hanging on you all day long and, and, and breastfeeding and you may have body, your body may 
maybe has changed, and and that's a beautiful thing because at that at that time you've uh, delivered life, and and so that is can actually be uh, very wonderful. But the reality about postpartum sex is that um, you know many many women or most women are told by their doctors that you know, no sex for six weeks, and you know they typically then go home to their if they have a male partner, um, they typically go home and say. He said, the doctor said, he or she said, no sex for six months. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. But there's a reason you don't want to have sex. It's not going to feel so great. The hormones change. The biome of the vagina is altered. And so it might be dry. There might be some pain from the trauma of the delivery. Um, that estrogen may affect the elasticity of the vaginal tissues. Uh, you know, your sleeping pattern has changed. You're tired. It's the number one reason for low sexual desire in women. There can be things that change down there. Some women experience vaginal laxity. We do have a technological advancement for that. Um, it's called uh, Genevieve by Vivive, and it actually, because you can actually also have decreased sexual sensation. Um, so there is radio frequency that uh, may help with that. There was a woman who had asked a question at the conference this week, and she said, you know, ever since my babies were born, my tampons fall out, and my uh, sex isn't as satisfying, and I feel loose down there. And, and so that would be important for her to be examined for vaginal laxity. So things will change. But you know what? Sex is even even more important now than it ever was before. Even if there's no physical intimacy or if it's really limited, couples start to feel like roommates, which is never a good thing. So that disconnection can lead to resentment. And then, you know, a lot of women tell me, you know, their husband first cheated when the baby was six months, eight months, you know, a year and a half early on. And, and oftentimes it's related to, to no sex. Um, or the sexless situation because you just don't get back to it and there's a, too much focus on uh, the child, which you've got to do when you have a newborn baby. You've got to focus your energies there, but you know what? you got to throw them a bone every now and again and quickies are your new best friend. Um, but the other thing that might help you help get you through this time is your inner lover. And uh, this is such a... Uh, such an important aspect, I think, of any relationship, especially the long-term relationships, because long-term relationships get weeds, just like our beautiful gardens do. And the most tenacious is the confusion of the inner love drama with the exterior problems that any couple experiences when they live together. So it's it, this is based on a book uh, that I've read called The Inner Lover, Using Passion as a Way to Self-Empowerment. And and when I talk to women about this concept, you know, often women will say, well, well, is that cheating? But there's there's a lot of women who put a lot of focus into their male partner or their female partner, whomever they're in a relationship with, but it's outer, it's external love, it's external focus. And, and, you know, when you have an internal lover, it can be very empowering. So if you have lost your mojo, if you have decreased sexual self-esteem, you're not feeling great about yourself, uh, and you're focusing so much on, on the kids and the family and your outer lover, you know, it's time perhaps to think about getting back to yourself, coming back to you, essentially. And that can be done through an inner lover. And so, you know, it's it's silly to think, or it's a misnomer to think that uh, you are only going to be attracted to one person over your entire lifetime. And so typically what happens, you meet somebody initially, and if you've met the right person and you're really wildly passionate about them, that's great. But that's going to decrease in most couples from 18 months 
after 18 months to four years because there's a hormone in the brain. And so that is going to decrease. But that passionate love is something that we think about. That has the power to lift us, to elevate us, to whip us into shape, to light that bonfire of curiosity and propel us on these lifelong journeys that we're on to actually empower us, whether it be in the workplace or in our relationship. So oftentimes we suffer in our relationship. We might be hurt. There may be anger. There may be conflict. There may be, it may be so busy. It may be, there's not focus on you. And I'm, and I'm, although men and women can both have inner lovers, I think in today's chronic busy world, it's really important that women have inner lovers and it's not cheating on your spouse. It's, you know, it's that person that you may have been in a relationship with in the past. It may be somebody at work that you, um, you know, that speak that you speak to or that you are attracted to. In fact, at this conference that I was at this weekend, there was a woman, and I said, "Did did you know somebody at, in particular at a particular law firm?" And she said, "Ah, oh, oh my gosh, I know him." Oh, and and earlier we were in a session, and, and so I knew she was married, and and she had this crush on him. And I said, "Why don't you make him your inner lover?" And um, and she you know, she got that. And it's, you know, we all have a lot of women are up there just to have a break, just have a break from the busyness of kids and and lives and finances and parents and, and everything. And, um, and, and so it's very important. Um, and so this is not somebody that you're actually going to be having an affair with. You don't actually see them. You dream about them. You imagine about them. And now I have Roger from Edmonton on the line. Hello, Roger. How are you doing tonight, girl? Fine, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, my question to you is, yes, okay, I'm I'm in my sixth relationship. Yes. I've been married four times. Wow. Uh, I've had, uh, let's see, I've got seven children <laughs> in those four relationships. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of struggle. Uh, I did my best to support my spouse and look after the children and give her a break and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yet these women that I was attached to did not give me anything back what, what, for, 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 you know, for helping out. What it's were you like looking for? Expected. Well, like a little affection, a little, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, let's have a quickie. Let's do something. Right, right. It's not now a- in my last, in the relationship I'm in now. Yeah. I'm 63 years old. She's 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been together now 10 years, and we're swingers. Okay. And life is beautiful. Life is doable as a swinger. So that's a non-monogamous relationship. So where you engage and you're in a committed relationship, but you engage in sexual activities outside of the relationship. Correct. So it's, yeah, it's a form of an open relationship. You've been together 10 years? Yes, we have. Okay, yeah. And, and you know, people choose a swinging lifestyle for a number of different reasons, and obviously um, yours is associated potentially, correct me if I'm wrong, with an increased desire for a better quantity, for a better amount of sex, better quality sex, uh, shaking it up a little bit. Well, it's, okay, I'm a long-haul truck driver by trade. <laughs> Swinging all across this country. 
Yes, ma'am, I do. I've been all of Canada and 44 U.S. states. Wow. Territories, Yukon, Alaska, you name it, pretty well. Except Hawaii. I'm sorry, the truck don't float too well. And swinging is um, working for you and your partner. it's, it's It's a wonderful situation for us. Uh, of course, we're both past the age of producing children pretty well. I'm fixed. She's fixed. Uh, and it, it, it fills in that gap. Right. Of, of, you know, a connection. of And we're, we're in a club here in Edmonton. And uh, pretty well everyone is, is safe. We're secure. We, we don't worry about catching something, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's just a wonderful lifestyle for us. It works wonderfully. Fantastic. Do you practice safe sex? Absolutely. You do. 99, 100% of the time. Yet again, not always. Right. So, like, slight little... Simply because, yeah. again, uh, uh, the bulk of the club members that we deal with in our age group we know one are be safe they're etc cetera, etc cetera. uh everyone's clean there's no you know what i mean uh, um i do no <laughs> no i don't actually <laughs> i have mild germophobia <laughs> that's why and all i picture is all of those you know is anyone wiping down with clorox bleach all of that like are they using sheets or what is it plastic is everyone having sex on plastic anyway <laughs> Um, but I'm glad it's working for you. Your inner lover is something slightly different where you don't actually go outside of the relationship, but you dream about the person. You imagine, um, you know, being intimate with the person. You imagine your desires. You you create the desires with this. It's not necessarily an imaginary person. It's somebody that you might be attracted to. And that person may actually be wildly attracted to you because as Roger says, who's on the line, sex can get uh, boring or it can actually be non existent. And so this is a way, this is an even safer way than swinging, because swinging can be a little bit dangerous. Um, This is an even safer way to actually propel you to uh, to propel you to actually be more successful in life. Thanks, Roger, for your call. Um, you know, and so you'd be very surprised at how effective having an inner lover or inner lovers works in terms of taking you to the next level. Maybe next week I'll tell you about my story about having an inner lover. I am Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath, we are uh, coming to the final strokes here of the program. Thanks so much for being here with me. We're talking about lots of of different aspects of life um, and and relationships, certainly. And I'm going to explore over time uh, in upcoming shows a little bit more about the inner lover. And it's a way, you know, which I was talking about just before the break, it's a way to actually feel better um, about what you're dealing with in life without actually going outside of your relationship. But it's about thinking about what you desire. And perhaps it is with somebody else because, you know, sometimes sex can get boring 
staying in the same relationship over and over and over again. As I've said many times, my next book is going to be called You Again and and Again and Not You Again. Um, and, uh, and so this way is a way to uh, deal with some of the issues that are in life, thinking about, uh, you know, it can propel you to actually dress better and, and take better care of yourself. Self-care is critical. And, and one of the women that was at this conference this weekend who was lamenting her lost love, uh, she was uh, always begged him to come back because she was afraid she was never going to meet anybody else. She was in her 40s and she thought that was it. It was over. And and she was beautiful and, you know, actually looked a lot better after she stopped crying about this guy and realized, um, you know, that he may have a problem and hasn't hasn't been her. And why would she want to have a relationship like that anyway? So start with the inner lover, but then she may, you know, uh, sister, my truth, uh, there, your pond may be a lot bigger than that because you can actually go for a younger man or an older man if you like. But, you know, there's a number of reasons why younger guys fall for older women. So I say uh, the the pond may have a lot more fish in it than she realizes. We have a number of men around the world uh, that are younger than their wives or their lovers, uh, the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, is 24 years younger than his wife, Brigitte Macron, who is 65 years of age. Hugh Jackman's wife is 13 years younger than he is. And there's a number of reasons why men, younger men, like older women. And one of the things that I hear commonly, repeatedly in my clinical practice is that oftentimes Men find women in their 20s incredibly boring. Of course, a lot of women are on social media. They are obsessed about what they look like. They are obsessed with makeup. Uh, they are obsessed about posting uh, photos. They are, you know, there may be some narcissistic tendencies at that age. And when they feel that mature women actually know who they are, they have emotional stability. Um, they have had positive experiences with older women. Older women have taught them things. Older women may just be about the sex. Um, but they also may be about a close relationship and an intimacy that's that's quite different that they didn't expect. But the expectations can often be uh, quite different as well. Um, and so they uh, men have told me that they feel older women that they've been in relationships with. And I believe me, I've heard it all. I have a 75-year-old woman who has a 30-year-old boyfriend. I have a 21-year-old boyfriend. I mean, guy. Oh, that would be nice. 21-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> Brightian slip. Um, <laughs> I have a 21-year-old patient who has a 44-year-old um, girlfriend, uh, but they like the way older women carry themselves because they it shows um, that they have confidence, that they've figured out who they are. Uh, they are more experienced with life, and they may actually be more experienced back to the bedroom. Um, they may have learned that sex is for them too, and actually men... Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but men want a confident woman in the bedroom who desires pleasure as well, who likes to be pleased, who enjoys that, who enjoys kind of the back and forth. I was given all these tips <laughs> from grapefruits to silver balls to fingerless gloves um, <laughs> this weekend. And you know what? Take what works for you. Beautiful lingerie. I have to say, yes, do that, ladies, because at the end of the day, it's much like making your bed. You have a rough day. You come home, you've got a made bed. You, at the end of the day, you come home, you take your clothes off, you've got beautiful lingerie underneath and you feel sexy and sensual. And so women may actually have the money to buy that. <laughs> Older women may have the money to buy, buy themselves some 
beautiful bras and panties. Don't get caught in those granny conchers. Never. Uh, It's often easier to have a relationship with an older woman because she knows how to communicate what she wants. And that will have a, a... mushroom effect, a snowball effect all the way around. And so it can be more adventurous. It's a new, exciting journey. Uh, you can grow in a different way. And, and you know, it's, I think it's, there's a bit more of an understanding in these relationships. And quite, to be quite honest, a lot of these relationships of, you know, patients just want to come or people just want to come and talk to me. They just want to talk to some, somebody who's not going to judge them. These Relationships are often covert, and it doesn't mean that they're in relationships with other people. It means that these people are not, they are judged by society because they, because the age gap, because of the age disparity. And so their parents don't accept it, so they don't tell their parents. I mean, you know, if you had a 30 year old son and he was going out with a 76 year old, really wealthy woman. No, I'm kidding. She's actually not. I mean, but an older woman, what would you think? You know, I I think she's older than his parents are. Uh, Correct me. I I could be wrong about that, but you can grow in a different way with an older woman. It's sometimes easier to actually, you know, there, there's a reason for these relationships and, and it depends on, you know, the, the station you're at in life. And so sometimes you can, you can carry on with your life after you've had that relationship. Um, they can make uh, men feel emotionally um, rich, mentally wealthy. These are some of the things that I've heard um, from from these men, they feel like they've gotten a kickstart on life, especially around uh, the sexuality issues, um, and so it can, uh, you know, it can be a, a sense of confidence, a sense of calm with an older woman. So these, with, with an older woman, so these are a lot of reasons. Um, but you know what? We look down on it. We look down more upon. Uh, when the woman is older, of course, than when the man is older in life. And you know what? We've got to stop judging as well because who cares who somebody's in a relationship with as long as it's mutual and consenting and, and nobody's getting hurt in the meantime. And, um, you know, after all, it's just sex. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for all of your kind support of the boards uh, tonight. And uh getting this show off the ground, <laughs> off the air and keeping it there. I mean, on the air and keeping it there. That's where that's where it should stay. It's good. It's not good if we have it, you know, running aground somewhere like a, no. like a boat after a storm. <laughs> that would be unfortunate. And I'd be, and I'd be the one in trouble after that. So. That certainly would be. Yes. Well, you know what? Uh, it couldn't do it without you. So I really appreciate that and uh, coming in here with me on Sunday nights. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, it is fun. You learn things. Well, you know, there's so much to learn. I learned so much from, from the patients and from the people and from the emails. And so don't forget, you can email me in confidence, nurse talk at hotmail.com. You can text me 604-449-8459 in confidence. And you can uh, always give me a call next week on the show and, and suggest some topics for me. You can follow me on Twitter at back the number two, the bedroom. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over social media, LinkedIn. And, um, you know, by all means, uh, suggest what you'd like to hear on the program. Um, there was some one other thing I was going to say, but anyway, slipped my mind. The memory's going. Who knows? It's it's getting to that time of the evening. It certainly is. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I don't know about the rest of you. Have a wonderful week. Next week we're going to talk about anger in women. We're not allowed. Anyhow, I'm Maureen McGrath. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. You've been listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Networks, and Drex is up next.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.